Good morning, church. Really quick, Friday, we are having our men's ministry open up again. We call it the Fight Club. It's going to be good. We're going to set up a ring here. Two guys are going to go at it. It's going to be a lot of fun. No, it's a fight club because we as men are always fighting in our community. We're fighting with sin and struggles. And so it's a time to come and be authentic and be unique and open up God's word, break up into small groups. And then if a fight breaks out, well, I don't know, whatever. We'll see. But it'll be a good time. I don't know if you guys ever heard this saying. It's a very popular movie. And this is one of the famous words that are said towards the end. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Yeah, the older guys are saying, yep, yep, yep. The Wizard of Oz. And the Wizard of Oz, would really the whole theme of the movie is this young girl, Dorothy, gets caught up on a tornado and takes her to this place called the Land of Oz. And throughout the movie, she wants to go back home. She misses home. She misses her family. Isn't that true with us? I mean, we, we love our homes. We just got back from a vacation, my family and I, and as soon as we got home, we're like, ah, we're home. Thank God. It is true. I mean, there's signs. You go to Hobby Lobby, home sweet home. Home is where the heart is. Welcome home, right? There's songs written about home, home sweet Alabama. I forgot the other one. It's a good rock and roll one that I don't know if I should sing at church. I'm on my way. It's, it's okay, you don't have to, it's home, sweet home. Man, all my mind's going wild now. Another summer day has come and gone away. Blake Shelton, anybody? I want to go home. All right, you get the picture, right? We love being home. We feel safe at home. We have family at home. There's to a sense security at home. And what we're going to see today, that God has prepared a home away from home until we get home. We're ending up our series, The God of Provision, and let me just recap a little bit of what we went through this month of July. We started how God has given us, has provided for us, new believers, a purpose. We saw in Ephesians 2 how we were once dead, destined to go to hell, without any hope, without a home. The beautiful words in scripture, but God gave us a new life. And now he has made us to glorify him. He has purposed us to be his workmanship. And then the week after that, we saw how God has provided a manual, the Bible, how we can have a relationship to God through Jesus Christ and have a relationship with each other. Everything we need to know is in his word. And the last, last week we saw how God has provided us with gifts, not to be selfish, but to help others. Not just to help and, and, and be at home, but to help the church, the home away from home. And like I mentioned today, we're going to look at what God intends his home, the church, to look like. So if you've got your Bibles with you, go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 42 through 47 this morning. I really, really encourage you, if you're not familiar with your Bible, to grab a Bible underneath your chair. Or even if you are and you didn't bring your Bible with you, there's something about reading God's word yourself. And by the way, if you don't know your Bible, you don't know where Acts is, grab one underneath the chair and you can find today's scripture on page 9. 11 of the chair Bibles. 
Acts chapter 2. But let, let me give us some context so you can understand what we're picking up in today's verses. Acts 2 is known for the time where God established his church, Pentecost. And we read that as soon as Pentecost happened, the Holy Spirit came upon the people there. The apostles were there. We read that Peter gets up and he preaches this awesome sermon. And he says this, repent and be baptized. And then we see and we read that 3,000 people were saved that very day. The church established itself with 3,000 people. Amazing. So we're going to pick up in verse 42. It says this, and they, the context, we had just read that these 3,000 people were saved, so that they is those 3,000 people, the church, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. It says, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. One of the things I love to do when I'm reading God's word is I, I imagine it playing out in my head like a movie. And so the way I imagine this is, again, Peter preaches this great sermon there's a great revival. The Holy Spirit comes upon that church and they start doing things differently. Praising God. Man, can you picture that? That's awesome. I have a, an older boy who is in College Station and he's established his home there. He's got an apartment with other, other guys. And when he comes and visits, which is getting less and less, by the way, he comes and visits and he tends to forget things. The other day, I was watching him, and, and, and I was sitting in the living room. He was in the kitchen opening cabinets, and what's going on? What's going on? I said, dude, what are you looking for? Glasses. I said, son, we've had the glasses where they've always been for years, and you forgot where they're at? He also tends to forget that there's certain rules as long as he's under his home. There's certain curfews, different things that he doesn't practice away from home. Church, I believe in the same way we've become college students. We've forgotten how things should be done at church. We've forgotten certain things that God has called us to do when he first established the church we just read in Acts. So I want us to go back and look at what we just read and break it down into two things. We're going to see what they did, the early church, and the effects of it. So we can be reminded of what he, God, has called the home, his church, to be before we get home. So let's go back. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. What did the early church do? And they devoted themselves. That word devoted, it means intense effort. 
doesn't matter the hardship, doesn't matter how uncomfortable it felt, they devoted themselves to four things, simple. The apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayer. Four ordinary, not complicated things that establish so much. They were devoted to God's word, the apostles' teaching. They wanted to learn more and more. I'm sure they wanted to do other things, but they wanted to first come and hear from the apostles, learn more about who God has called them to be so they can establish the foundation, Jesus Christ, as the church. They were devoted to fellowship, kononia in Greek. And this word kononia, it's not just, hey, how you doing? It's living life together. It's coming together and being in community, life on life. They knew each other in an intimate way. Learning God's word, they were together in fellowship. The breaking of bread, it says. Yes, they received communion. But I'm sure they also hung out at their homes and opened, as we just read, open hearts, invited others to come and share of their meals with grateful hearts. And then the fourth thing, they devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer. Four things. As I look at Grace Bible Church, I think to myself, we're doing these things. We really are, I believe. Grace Bible Church will always be founded and teach nothing else but God's word, period. Everything, as hurtful it may seem like, as offensive as it may be to some of us, we will always preach the gospel and learn and grow. As I look at us as fellowship, man, when it comes to fellowship, we rock, right? Maybe a little too much. But we're coming together. But I love, I love, I love our community groups as we disciple each other, hold each other accountable, care for one another. I hear all the time when someone is hurting in their small groups, the community comes together, offers them meals, prays for them. We do that. The breaking of bread. Carne asadas. Some of us have been breaking a little too much bread. But it's okay. And every first of the month, we receive the Lord's Supper. We're not going to get away from the foundation of the way, the way God established his church in Acts. And prayer, man, we can never have enough of prayer. We offer daily prayers. We have prayer warriors. In our service towards the end, we have two deacons come up and, and if you need prayer with them or with anybody in the family of Grace Bible Church, we are willing to pray for one another. Those four things, as we just saw, I see happening in our church family and I'm encouraged. I love it. Committing to God's word, committing to be in fellowship, the breaking of bread, and praying for one another. What were the results? What occurred because of these things? Verse 43, and awe. That word in Greek is phobos, which means reverence. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. What do we see? I'm a big number guy. 
three things I see occurred because of what they were doing, the early church. The very first thing we see is that it pleased God because you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. They were in awe. They felt him there. I don't know any other church, my church family. When I was born again, when I came to Christ, this is the church I committed to and have committed to and will always be committed to. And I hear all the time, I'm not saying we're a better church, we're just a different church. I hear of other people that leave to San Antonio or other places and they connect again. And I ask them, how's it going? Oh man, I'm connected to a church. But there's no place like grace. I hear in our new attenders, when people walk in, they, they sense the kindness, the family. You know what that is? The Holy Spirit. And as long as we, Grace Bible Church, are led by the Holy Spirit, we will always be in awe. The second thing that we see that resulted in this is that they were in unity, in agreement. They had all things in common. Again, I love this about Grace Bible Church. It doesn't mean that we have to agree. It doesn't mean that we have to be alike. By no means, read your scripture. We're all different. We have different gifts. But it means that we're united in Jesus Christ. Unity. One of the biggest things I feared as I transitioned into this role over three years ago is I heard from all other pastors, they would say this, it's okay, you're going to see a decline. People are going to leave. I didn't see that happen. And you know why that is, church? Because the head of this church is not this sinner that's standing in front of you. The head of this church is not the pastor that was before this sinner standing in front of you. The head of this church is not the pastor that will come after this sinner standing in front of you. The head of this church is Jesus Christ. And that's the way it's always going to be. That's, that's what keeps a church united. It's him. What were the results? We saw the unity in the early church. And last, but definitely not least, they came together and they were generous to all those who were in need. Again, I look around and I see people that are willing to serve with grateful hearts, willing to give of their time and their resources. Do you know that you, my Grace Family Church, support ministries all over the United States? and around the world, thousands of dollars are designated just for that. Do you know we have a benevolence fund it's because of your generosity that anytime there is a family member in need in a financial crisis, they can come and we support them. It is because of your generosity. That's what we see in the early church and that's what I see in my Grace family. What else? What else did the early church do? Verse 46, it says this, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. It's not only the church anymore. They extended their generosity, their love for all people. What did they do? I see that they were worshiping 
together and they were evangelizing. Worshiping together. And day by day, they attended the temple together. COVID has had a huge strain on that. And little by little, we're coming again together corporately as we're called to do. Hebrews says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints as some of you have a custom to do so. I know there's a rise again. I know that there's a decline in, in, in safety. I get that. But church, listen, my family, do not neglect the coming together. We need to hold each other accountable. There's something, you know it, different in worshiping here corporately. That's what the early church did. What else? They evangelized. They invited others to come. They invited others to come to their homes, the breaking of the bread, and I'm sure they were sharing the gospel. Don't stop doing that. Invite. Come and see. We're getting a little crowded. I get it. But we'll make space. We've got three services, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 12.15. 9 a.m. is in Spanish. But if we need to, I know the pastors here, I know the ministry leaders here are more than willing to add another service. Bring, bring them. Bring them. They need to hear the word of God, the true word of God. That's what they did. And what was the result of all this? Of all the things that we just read about, verse 47b, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's our purpose, church. Jesus gave us a great commission to go, to go and teach, to go and disciple, to baptize. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what Grace Bible Church is all about. And God has provided a home, his church, just for that. So I hope you remember this. What is church? Church is home until we get home. That's what it is. Church is a family coming together and serving God until we see him face to face and are home in eternity with him. You know, I'm reminded in the Gospels how Jesus, actually in the Gospel of John, we read that he's there with his apostles, the Last Supper. He's washed the feet of his apostles. Judas has betrayed him and gone off already to get him arrested. He had just finished telling Peter that he's going to be denying him three times. He's saying this is what's going to happen. And the whole... All the men there, the apostles, I, I can picture it again. Picture it in my mind, they're like, oh, freaking out. Don't leave us, Jesus. Don't leave us. And this is what he says in John 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. He says, if it were not so, would I have told you that I would go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. I love that. We're going to be escorted into his home, his father's house, that where I am, you may be also. That home that we're looking forward to is a home where all of us, not only this church, but all this church, the universal church, will spend eternity with each other. And there's plenty of rooms that Jesus has gone 
and made for every single believer. And he goes on. He says this, verse 4, and you know the way to where I am going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Again, I picture this. Jesus is talking. All the apostles are like, yes, yes, we know, we know. And then Thomas, um, can you pin me? Uh, is there a Google that I, Siri, how is the way? I voted Thomas, right? And then Jesus says this very famous verse. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. He's telling Thomas directly, but he's telling other apostles, he's telling you and me, I am the way, Jesus says. There's no other way, not through Buddha, not through you guys, not through my mother Mary, not through any saints. I am the way, the only way. He says, I am the truth. If you hear something differently, it's a lie. And I am the life. Because if you don't know the way, which is me, you will not have life. That is the truth. That is what we're proclaiming. Vacations a week ago. A yearly South Padre Island trip that my family takes with the family on the side of my wife. And one night, every night for... Many years, we go and have dinner, and we go by the bay, and we see the fireworks, and it was crowded. And my youngest and I were standing and looking at all the people, fascinated by the, the fireworks. And my son says, my youngest, Ethan, he says, hey, Dad, do you ever wonder what's going through each and every individual's mind? Don't you ever wonder that each person that we're seeing here right now, a lot of people have their own lives? I said, son, I do. But you know, you know what else I wonder quite often? How many of these people know the way? How many of these people don't and will not have a home in eternity? And my son's response was this. Narrow is the gate. He says, not many, dad. Church, that breaks my heart. There is a Thomas in your family. There is a Thomas in your neighborhood. There is a Thomas, maybe even sitting here with us, that doesn't know the way. We are called to lead him to the way. Let's go out. Let's invite. Let's be the church that God has called us to be. What would it look like if today we stepped out maybe even of our comfort zone, and just invite. Just invite others to come and see. What would it look like if we ourselves fell in love with God's word again and wanting to know more about him day in and day out? If we just make a little bit of time as a priority in our lives to read God's word, what would it look like living life together? We're kicking off our community groups in September. All month of August, we're going to look at discipleship. What would that look like if we just did it a little bit more? Be plugged in, holding each other accountable, doing life with each other. What would it look like if we fellowshiped a little bit more? What it would look like if men would actually come this Friday and have fellowship? What would it look like if just a little bit more we were more generous with our time, with our resources? I know there's a million things we can do, but just a little bit more, we go out and further his kingdom. 
What would it look like if we gathered more and more on Sunday and worship Him corporately? What would it look like if we would share the gospel by the way we lived to all those that need to know the way? You know what would it look like? You know what would happen? The Lord would continue to add day by day to our family, Grace Bible Church. Welcome home. Let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks and praise that you are a God that understands. That you are a God that knows our hearts. That you are a God that knows what's best for us. That you are a God of mercy. And Father, so I pray that the Holy Spirit really just moves in us, starting with me, to be a little more, a little more. So we as a church family can come closer together, united in your word, united in worship. And then we can put you as priority in sharing the gospel, Father, because we look around. The harvest is full. So many Thomases that don't know the way. They're looking by their own abilities. They're following others that are being misled. They're listening and believing lies. Help us reveal to them by sharing the truth. But more importantly, Father, move in their hearts because we can do nothing without you. Father, I hope you are pleased with your church because we love you. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. I love you, family.